The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 6th of November, 2021. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And as always, I got a great show lined up for you. Yes, indeed. Before I get to the details of what's coming up, I want to remind you to visit the Outlaw Radio store. Go to outlawradioabs.com. That's outlawradioalphabravosierra.com. Click on the store section and see what we have to offer. And one of those is cranked up coffee. With Christmas being around the corner yet again, yep, it's almost that time of year again. You know, Christmas shopping has already started, of course, even though we haven't really hit Thanksgiving yet. But you know, it's it's that time people are preparing for that wonderful time of year. And uh, a, gr- a great gift idea is cranked up coffee. Yes, I have the flavors of Serato and Grindhouse Brew available. Yes, uh, both flavors from the uh, South American region. Yes, indeed. They're $7.50 per pound with $3.50 for shipping and handling. However, get four pounds or more and shipping is free. Yes, indeed. So be sure to visit the store, outlawradioabs.com. And click on the store section. All right, so lined up for this week. So, in the first hour, I had a conversation with a gentleman named Derek Vance. He's uh, with the Patriots Soapbox, actually a show called Common Sense. And uh, him and I had a conversation about the midterm elections. Or No, these aren't the midterm elections. I, I like to say the quarterly elections that we just had on November 2nd. Then in the second hour, I'm speaking with Brett Sessoms. He's got some interesting news for me uh, coming up out of Mississippi by way of South Africa. So yeah, something interesting there we talk about in the, in the third hour. Yes, indeed, uh, bringing back the bashing zone because somebody just can't seem to stop talking about me. So Yes, so for the Outlaw Radio Bashing Zone, I welcomed Rob from the Rob and Slim Show. Yes, indeed, all of that coming up. Before I get to all that, I want to cue the first song of the show. 
Here is Six Gun Quota and the Lights. I'll be back with the conversation with Derek Vance right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, Thrill Seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be an herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Live today as if you'll die tomorrow. Then you'll be able to reminisce about that one day you ruined your entire life. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please take a number and have a seat. Americans are builders, improving on the old and creating something better. But every brick we lay has a foundation, and that foundation is the freedom to speak out, to be able to dare and to criticize and to think. Freedom of speech is the solid ground on which our nation lays, and without it, the structure of America cannot stand. Never forget the First Amendment. Never forget the ground on which we stand. This message brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard the lights by Six Gun Quota. And now it's time for Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with special guest Derek Vance. Here we go. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk, 
I want to welcome from the Patriot Soapbox, Derek Vance. Um, actually, uh, the Patriot Soapbox Network, but he has a show called Common Sense. Uh, Derek, how you doing? Hey, uh, Billy, first and uh, foremost, uh, thanks for uh, inviting me on. Um, it, I'm in a weird position because normally I am the one uh, interviewing people, but uh, I, I, I rarely get asked uh, to come on uh, different shows. So uh, all is well. And again, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the invite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, conservative networks grow this way by, um, you know, inviting one another on and and uh, having these conversations, you know. So, I mean, I wouldn't say my network, of course, is 100% conservative because I got comedy and I got music and I got pop culture, but yeah, politics are a part of this show too. And, uh, conservative politics, I might add, and I've never, I've never hidden the fact that, uh, I'm, I'm a conservative. I'm a proud conservative uh, with, uh, you know, I don't agree with every little thing, you know, I mean, there's some things liberals uh, do here and there that I do agree with, but, uh, that you're not going to find too much of that from me, but still, <laughs> Well, I think what I like to call myself, I think you'll you'll fit right in with. Um, I, I actually stole this uh, from another radio host, so this wasn't something that I concocted. Uh, but I am a patriot first, conservative second, Republican third. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't like I don't like to use the term Republican too much because um, the way I'm looking at it uh, over the past uh, twenty years, I've learned how much that. Uh, they, the reason why they say left wing and right wing because Democrats and Republicans are nothing more than two wings of the same dirty bird. Yeah, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. And now that you bring that up, I'm going to alter that a little bit. I'm going to say I am a patriot first, conservative second, MAGA Republican third. There you go. Sounds great. I mean, first and foremost, I'm an American, proud of my country, you know, and I don't I've I've met some decent uh, Democrats in the past. However, I don't know what's become of the Democrat Party. I will say though, at, um, before this last election, you know, um, one thing is uh, we we look at all the states that were stolen. California was one of them, and I and I was saying in prior shows that California was the one state Trump could not win. And if we look at the real numbers before the steal, before uh, China and Italy and all of them took over the Dominion voting and switched votes, Trump was winning the state of California. And I will also add that there are people I know in California who were diehard Democrats that did vote for Trump because they're tired of the Nancy Pelosi's and the Gavin Newsom's and the uh, crack scene waterheads and Eric Smaldick, that's what I call him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I don't think in, in, yeah, the California was stolen. Um, but again, just as we were talking offline, um, I think we both agree that President Trump had to take a, a, a serious gut punch and, and it sucks. It, it really does. Um, but as much as it's exposed, I don't believe in this in this last recall. Yeah, Gavin Newsom did win. That that's beside the point I'm going to make. But this last recall shows that California isn't as blue as it's as it's perceived to be. Um, 
just looking at, at raw data. And that's something I like to do. I may not be very good at it. Um, but if the California GOP had a better turnout, um, more than they expected, uh, I think Gavin Newsom gets recalled, uh, hands down, but this isn't California is not as lost as I think the national, uh, perception uh, of it is. Well, let's take in, for example, uh, the so-called, uh, president, uh, Joe Biden, poopy pants of Biden. Uh, yeah. What, what an experience at the Vatican. <laughs> uh, I've, now I'm hearing that's only a rumor, but, uh, who knows? But, uh, anyway, um, he was here in uh, Idaho. He landed in Boise and, uh, he didn't get a warm welcome at all. The majority of the people there were uh, protesters. Uh, you know, no, he didn't have, you know, I mean, you look at his rallies, he had few supporters, but then uh, people are coming who are coming to see him are not coming to greet him. Then the very next day, he's going through Sacramento, and it's even worse for him. I mean, he's good. There's a long line of people holding Trump flags, uh, chanting, We want Trump. And um, yeah, so he didn't, he got an even uh, colder welcome in California. Go figure. Yeah, that's quite shocking, but it doesn't come as a surprise. I mean, you tell me, name me a city and or state where Joe Biden does get a a, a warm welcome. I mean, hell, when he goes back to to Scranton, because as he is the uh, self-proclaimed, the Scranton kid, he doesn't get a warm welcome in his hometown. So you name me a city and a pl- in a state where Joe Biden has gotten a, a warm reception, and I will I will pay a hundred dollars out of my pocket. See, and also we got to look at the fact too is how, how lost is really uh, this New York. You know, obviously um, New York City makes the state of New York a blue state. You go through go um, upstate New York, that's all very red areas, but then New York City has more Republicans than people really think. So, I mean, uh, look at... I think, you, I think you're absolutely right. And all you got to do is, is take a look at uh, this past election um, on Tuesday and look at all of the judges in, in Long Island, for example, that were Republicans or a school board in Long Island uh, that are Republicans that won. Yeah, New York's not as blue as what people make it out to be. And you're exactly right. Uh, the the voters in the city of New York, you know, outweigh the whole state kind of the same way it is in uh, Chicago with uh, Chicago voters, and then the rest of the state in Illinois and and and, and cities of that nature. And uh, you know what? Uh, I know of uh, a handful of uh, conservative Republicans in Chicago too, and uh, don't be surprised that hey, a lot of them are black people. I mean, uh, there are more black conservatives than people really, really think. I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I, I think you, you see that in a shift in the United States in the, the voting, because, you know, why do you think, and, you know, on, on, on the show that I host, you know, we, we say there's no such thing as conspiracies or coincidences, but why do you think that the Biden regime, because we don't call it administration, we call it a regime is allowing so many illegals, to come across the border, not worried if they're illegal or not, not worried if they have a COVID shot or not. They got to revamp their their voting base because their voting base 
has, as just as you mentioned, has been torn apart. The black American community, the Hispanic American community, those two bases that the Democrat Party could for year after year after year depend on and have in their back pocket are starting to realize they're not voting for us. All they're doing is they're coming around once every two years, once every four years, and their principles don't match up with what ours are. And and you see that in the, the support that President Trump got in the past presidential election, not only from the black American community, which I do believe was up over 20 percent, but over the Hispanic community. And then just look at the his job numbers that he could tout the highest uh, Hispanic job numbers, the highest black American job numbers, the highest women in the workforce. Yes, yes. And and uh, look at uh, you want to speak of the uh, immigration status, you know, and the surge at the Mexican border, which uh, the majority of them are not Mexican people. They're coming from other parts of uh, South America. And then you got Middle Easterns and Asians mixed in there as well. And, um, you know, then you look at the ones from Cuba who have lived in a communist regime their, their whole life. They know that socialism sucks. That's no way to live, you know. And, I mean, they, they've already put up with that crap from Castro. And still, and Castro's brother, I believe, is uh, carrying the torch since uh, Fidel Castro had passed away. You know, and, and they're all about freedom. They're all about democracy. They're all about, uh, you know, free market capitalism. They're tired of communism. You know, whereas, um, you know, and I think even there's some, uh, you can put, if there's immigrants from Venezuela, you know, they're going to get rejected like the Cubans because they know what uh, kind of regime that, uh, that can bring on. You know, so they're going to bring in the naive people by the millions probably because somebody already said, well, if the people won't vote for us, we'll get people that will. And you make excellent points. But what is the one thing that the Biden regime is, is touting? All the free stuff we can give you. Oh, and that's yeah. exactly why those people you know, are, are fleeing from their mother countries. You know, you tell me, how many people do you see not fleeing Cuba, but trying to reside in Cuba? I'll bet that's just as many that are trying to reside in Venezuela instead of fleeing Venezuela. People are fleeing Cuba and people are fleeing Venezuela for one specific reason. And you hit the nail on the head. Socialism sucks. And Margaret Thatcher, I believe it was Margaret Thatcher, had it right. You know, socialism only works until you run out of other people's money. When you run out of other people's money, then what happens? You see what Cuba and what Venezuela turn into. They could be absolute gold mines, especially with the location where they're at. But if they're going to continue to live under a socialistic regime with Fidel Castro and et cetera, they're going to continue to be as, as I believe, um, was it President Trump that said that that called them absolute shitholes? Absolutely. That's what that's what he said, you know, and also um, I he didn't have much to say to that idiot, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or as uh, as uh, John B. Wells calls her AOC. <laughs> I like that. Um, basically, uh, he, his quote on socialism, we want to walk our dogs, not eat them, you know, and, 
Ocasio-Cortez, that stupid bitch, has no place being in office. If she doesn't like something, you know, she kind of reminds me, let me tell you about this, Eric, is there's a friend of mine who had three chihuahuas, and they were three generations of dogs. We got a, got a grandmother, a mother, and, and a daughter. Three generations of dogs. Actually, it was the the middle child, the daughter, that became the dominant one of the three of them. And if that dog ate something that she didn't like, she would, uh, you know, she would snap at the other dogs for eating it. And basically, you know, that's the kind of ideology that uh, AOC wants to bring to the table is, oh, you know, she doesn't like it, so no, but um, regardless if somebody else likes it, that doesn't matter. Nobody can have it if she doesn't like it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and when when you get to uh, when, when you get to AOC, I, I knew that she was just a uh, uneducated a bartender. But when you go to a high high class high dollar uh, New York elite gathering where there's going to be the rich of the rich, and you wear a dress that says uh, tax the rich, that just re- that just really told me how stupid. Uh, AOC really is. I mean, th- th- that whole thing, taxing the rich, works only for the first few seconds, and then what? Uh, they, the, the company owners pack up their shit and leave because uh, it's costing them too much money. And, and think about this. You, you talk about businesses packing up and leaving. AOC had a great opportunity put at her feet when you had Amazon wanting to oh. move into her district, where you think about this, you're creating jobs for people that you know maybe living off from pay, paycheck to paycheck, um, maybe living off if they're a, a a bartender, you know, like she used to be, or if they're a waiter or a waitress, and you know they're not making a lot. And Amazon is a great stable job. I know a lot of people that work there. Um, you know, not saying I'm an advocate for Amazon by any stretch, but it's a solid uh, nine to five Monday through Friday job that uh, is it, the business isn't going away. But yet she, uh, you know, she couldn't get hers, So she told Amazon, go fuck off and uh, take your business somewhere else. Wow, you dropped an F-bomb before me. <laughs> but, yeah, that's exactly what she did. Um, you know, uh Basically, that's the only time, too, where I agreed with uh, Andrew Homo, or excuse me, Cuomo, um, you know, because he did oppose that of what she did, but then he couldn't do anything, you know. Uh, otherwise, he, he's just a, a piece of shit, no, no better than her. And, uh, yeah, she basically, uh, Queens is, has always been known as a slum, a shithole, you know, and they, uh, they could have... With Amazon there, I mean, I don't know if it, it'd be 100% better than what it was, what it currently is, but it would it would have been an improvement, you know, and people would have jobs be a lot happier. But uh, she couldn't have that. And I think that's because she wants to keep people pressed under her thumb, you know, and that's part of the ideology of communism right there is the government keeps you pressed under your thumb. I mean, uh, you know, we'll take care of you. Yeah, under under that false pretense right there. You you Billy, you just hit you 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 hit you said the quiet part out loud. 
if she was if if the people in that district were allowed and she allowed Amazon to bring their business in there, you, you hit the nail correctly on the head. They wouldn't have to. They wouldn't need to worry about uh, the government. They wouldn't have to depend on the government. They would have a stable job, which would be able to provide food and resources to their family, which would entail uh, allowing to have them put a roof over their head. And they wouldn't have to need. They wouldn't have to suck off the the proverbial uh, government teeth. So you said the quiet part out loud there. Oh yes, yes. You know, there's a there's a thing is a lot of people now are saying, oh, capitalism doesn't work. The thing is, capitalism doesn't work if you're lazy, you know, and now we're getting we're getting these idiots like you don't have to work. We're going to give you money. We're going to give you all kinds of free stuff, you know, and and in the end, you know, that's going to fall apart. And, and I mean, just crumble horribly in the end when, when you do that, you know, and I, I like the philosophy of, uh, you know, have, having cows, you know, yep. I mean, uh, you have two cows under communism. They t- uh, the government takes away both of your cows and gives you a glass of milk every day. Uh, two cows under socialism, or the uh, government takes one cow from you and uh, gives it to your neighbor who has absolutely nothing. But the, under capitalism, you do it right. You sell one of your cows and buy a bull and breed a herd. <laughs> there you go. And you talk about, uh, you know, people on the left specifically that say capitalism, it, it sucks in America. Well, let, let me throw some let me throw some truth out there for you. One, what Billy, what built this country? Capitalism. OK, um, how did uh, Bernie Sanders, who wants to get rid of the millionaires and billionaires, how did he buy all of his houses? <laughs> Because he didn't work a day in his life. He sold books. When he sold books, what did that make him? That made him a capitalist right there, you know. Yet, he, but, he, but, he but yet he, he's against that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Still, I'm looking back. and You, you know what this last election, since you bring him up, is, um, you know, I knew somebody from the left had to win. And I'm, I'm thinking, better Joe Biden than Bernie Sanders. Now I'm wondering if I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a great question. That is an absolute great question for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, talk about, uh, last Tuesday's elections. Uh, I have to say a big victory for the conservative side has to be the state of Virginia. I mean, Virginia has always really been known as a red state and then sometime, in the mid two thousands, I mean, I, hey, I like my waters blue, but um, not my world, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right that it was a huge uh, first step and a huge victory for the the MAGA conservatives, uh, not only in in the great state of Virginia, uh, but across this this great nation. And and we talked about it. I don't know if it was you specifically, but we talked about it on on my show this week that that right there what happened in virginia on tuesday and and what may happen depending on how every the legalities turn out in new jersey um i believe is just a appetizer as to what is to come in in 2022 i've already seen stories come out um i i seen the uh the the not that can't the, the guy that can't be trusted uh kevin mccarthy is is talking about maybe flipping 
uh, 30 to 40 to even potentially uh, 50 seats uh, in, in the House in, tw- in 2022. Um, actually had on uh, uh, Teddy uh, Daniels today. Uh, from Pennsylvania. If you ever reach out to him, he's running in the 8th Congressional District and you want to talk about someone that is passionate about his country, uh, he is the one to uh, uh, to talk to. But yeah, but what happened in Virginia um, is a huge first step and, and we actually talked a little bit today uh, about his, uh, his as in uh, Governor-elect Youngkin's strategy going into this campaign. He embraced uh, uh, President Trump and his policies and things of that nature but he kept him enough distance, arms, arms length away that because you've seen what the left and what McAuliffe's strategy was is they tried to tie President Trump and Glenn Youngkin at the hip. And you see how well that backfired. And like I said, I think it was a brilliant strategy by uh, a governor elect Youngkin to embrace Trump's policies, Trump's uh, ideology of America first. And, and putting the, 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 your, your state first, but yet he kept him enough arm's length away where people you know, couldn't see that McAuliffe, because that's all McAuliffe would talk about every time he'd have a rally, Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump that. You would think President Trump was running for governor in Virginia. You know, and, and that whole thing about America first, you know, is I'm, I'm hearing, oh, how selfish that is. That, that's horrible, you know. The truth of the matter is, is we have to take care of ourselves first before we can help these other countries. I mean, why is it that if you're trapped in, in an airplane and the uh, oxygen ta- uh, mask drops, they tell you to put it on yourself before assisting your child? Why? Why is that? <laughs> yeah, that that's that, that's a great analogy. I've never I've never thought about that as much as I've flown. I've never. I've never thought about that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And then I I thought it was funny and I played a cold open the following day and I had a bunch of clips from uh, PSNBC uh, talking about it, it, you know, they, they're putting their, their proverbial spin on this, that it was the the white supremacist uh, that, that came out to vote. Well, I don't think they understand or have the um, competency to understand that you look at the voting in, in Virginia, for example, the uh, lieutenant governor-elect, uh, uh, Winsome Sears, had more votes than Glenn Youngkin. Now, I don't know if, if, if Joyless Joy Reid and, and that group of buffoons over at MSNBC realize this or not, but uh, a gov- our lieutenant governor-elect Sears is a Jamaican black American woman. So if all of the white supremacists come out in Virginia to vote, do you really think they would have voted her? in as lieutenant governor and got and she got more votes than the the uh, middle-aged uh, white man Glenn Youngkin. Let me tell you something when it when it comes to the whole thing of uh, when they talk about white supremacy and racism. It's it's come to the fact that the the left is going so low as to scrape the bottom of the barrel. You know, I used to call telephone chat lines, you know, and that's kind of where I started my podcasting. You know, and you get on these uh, bulletin board. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of like uh, you know internet forums and things like that. You know, you got people talking to one another and bashing one another. And um, especially if you're new and somebody doesn't like you, see if I bashed somebody, I went on facts that I I already had. So you know, um, but if somebody doesn't know you and they have no facts on you, the 
what we called scraping the bottom of the barrel were gay jokes. So the bottom of the barrel were gay jokes saying you're fat, saying you're ugly, or saying you're a child molester. Well, they knew nothing about Trump, so they pulling the racism card is scraping the bottom of the barrel. Just like this white supremacy, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel so these other idiots feed into it, especially, you know, you got, you got Don Lemon on CNN who scrapes the bottom of the barrel all the time. And uh, even though Donald Trump is a racist, you know, uh, blah, 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 you know. So they're, they, they have nothing to go on, so they're going to pull that bullshit. Yeah, and and I and and I think the American people are are starting to see through um, the labels and the the name calling um, that because because like you said, that's all the left has. They have nothing left. They can't defeat uh, MAGA conservatives on policy. They can't defeat MAGA conservatives on ideology. So when when the left can't defeat you at something, their first reaction and, and maybe only reaction. Um, at this point is to uh, label you and, and call you a, a homophobe, a xenophobe, a racist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You want to push grandma off the cliff, you know, things like that, because they know they can't debate you. They can't debate you, like I said, in policy, and they certainly hell cannot debate you in ideology. Yes. Uh, however, uh, this last election, though, shows that the left is still up to their dirty tactics with the uh, with uh, what's going on in New Jersey, I mean, uh, the the Republican nominee, and I can't remember his name, was was had a pretty good lead in the largest county in New Jersey, yet uh, somehow it got flipped blue miraculously, like uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and uh, Michigan, and Arizona. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting um, just seeing that and seeing the stories um, that that come out. The one that sticks out in my mind, and I'm hoping I got this right because I don't want to get this uh, misconstrued with uh, with the Virginia race, but I think it was Bergen or Bergen County in New Jersey um, that was I thought they that was 100 percent reported, and it was red, and and then all of a sudden after being reported 100 percent. It flipped to blue. I want to say that's the county in New Jersey, but I could be wrong. And then I also too read some things uh, about. Uh, of course, we're back to the uh, the Dominion machines, and they're not reading uh, votes right and, and and things of that nature. But but yes, um, yeah, they are back to their old tricks. Um, and you know, in, in New Jersey, I don't believe there was a lot of uh, voter integrity uh, brought up. Um, between uh, November 3rd and, and last night. So, you know, they were a lot, you know, New Jersey must enjoy, um, you know, having their, their votes stolen from them. I mean, I'm sure they don't, but, you know, until we can get full um, voting uh, integrity and, and things across the board, and I, I believe, and, and I think, uh, Billy, you'll agree with this too, I think there needs to be an audit of all 50 states. Um, uh, we can't have, in my opinion, and this is just one guy. We can't have a solid, fair, and square election until every vo- every state in this great nation has a voting audit uh, conducted. I agree 100%. Uh, of course, I think the D- Dominion votes need to go away. 
I mean, however, you know, here in Idaho, it's all done on paper, the old-fashioned way. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think that's the way it needs to be done in all 50 states. And not only that, too, but some paper ballots have a barcode that scan of the votes, whatever. I don't think I can trust that. But we got some leftists out there that say, we let's make uh, a do Dominion uh, the thing for all 50 states in, in every poll. Or if you don't want that, you, you know, they have kind of some kind of like a Catholic confessional booth where you step in and you tell somebody who you want to vote for and they mark it for you. Come on, are you going to trust that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. What what could possibly go wrong there? Um, no, I, I like your um, I, I like your idea there, and I like what Idaho does um, uh, doing the paper ballot. Um, my only my only argument to that is, you know, we are one of the uh, leaders, if not the 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 lead dog, so to say, in technology. You're telling me we're in the 21st century, and we can't electronically vote and so it's fair and square so if we can't because you have you know too many people in in the having their hands in the cookie jar so to say then i think you're absolutely on the right track and and as is idaho uh we may have to go back to the proverbial uh paper ballot it may take an an, an extra day or two um to uh to count but I would rather take spend that extra day or two counting and know it's fair and accurate instead of putting my vote in a machine, which, again, when I started voting at the at the ripe age of 18, I always thought my vote was, you know, I voted down ticket one vote, one person. But uh, but apparently, as as we've all come to understand, um, your vote could count for a half. Your vote could count for a quarter. Your vote could count for by you know, 0.5. Well, you know, I lived in Las Vegas for five years, and when I first moved there, I was living on with a friend and sleeping on their couch. I didn't even have a, you know, at the time, I didn't even have a job yet. When I was approached and asked if I was registered to vote, you know, I wasn't, I was technically not a resident yet. And I told them that I only just moved here a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm job hunting right now. And they said, that's okay. That's okay. Just give me, so I gave him my Tennessee ID because I'd moved in from Memphis. And uh, what do you know? I put I put down the um, address of where I was staying, and I was registered to vote. Now, what's wrong with that? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I got registered as early as I did, but uh, come on, Las Vegas is a tourist trap. So from what I understand, too, this last election and what happened with me was back in 2008, by the way, when Obama was running, is uh, just think about this. You live in a nearby city like, uh, like Los Angeles or Orange County, California. You get up, you go cast your vote. Then maybe uh, I'm going to go do some gambling in Vegas. Head to Vegas, go cast another vote there. It's how easy it was to register, and that's still going on. They need to change that. Uh, yeah, I would think if you know moving there or, or, or moving anywhere, for that matter, it would send up a red flag if as soon as you you know move there within a couple days um, or, or however long you were there, you were you already being uh, asked register to vote, and hell, you just move there. Um, but it, the, you know the story that you told there and. You know, who's to say that 
that doesn't happen not only in Vegas, obviously, because you were firsthand to it, but how how do you do, do we do we know that that doesn't happen, you know, in in another small town, exactly, uh, you know, not in Las Vegas, but in uh, you know uh, uh, Podunk, Maine, and, and no disrespect to the people in the great state of Maine, but who's to say that doesn't happen there either, or somebody just moves to, um, let's say New Jersey, and they moved from from Ohio, well, how do how are they registered to vote if they just moved there? You know, and how are they allowed to vote? You can take the same analogy there too. Um, you know, it's like uh, some somebody from New York City, you know, so claim, can uh, claim that they just moved to uh, Atlantic City, and of course uh, they cast their vote in New York. Get up and go do some gambling. Cast their vote in Atlantic City. You know, I'm. Yeah, what's to say that's not happening? You know. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think all the, the examples that we just gave there, you know, some of them obviously were hypothetical. But uh, the fact of the matter is, until A, every state's voter roll is cleaned, and two, every state conducts a voter audit, a voting audit, uh, like it or not, um, can we truly go into that polling booth every two or four years and trust? that who we're voting for, who you're filling in your, your dot or who you're uh, you know, pulling the lever for, that's where your vote's going to go. And, until both of those two things are done, I don't believe that, that we as the American people can trust our voting system. That's right. I mean, what, I can't remember who it was. I, uh, I was Stalin who said, it's not, uh, it's not who you vote for, it's who counts the votes. So that's a, okay. yeah. a point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And uh, it, it kind of sounds like that whole uh, uh, Catholic uh, um, uh, voting idea you uh, you talked about where you go into a, uh, a confession booth and, and you tell them who you're voting for. That that just lines up perfectly with what you just with what you just quoted there. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I just use that as an example. But, yeah, that's what one thing they want to do is just uh, change up the booths to where uh, they're a little bit bigger. And there's somebody on the other side you talk to. Um, no, that's not right. I hate to say it, but uh, damn, does time go on as we talk. We are out of time for this segment. First off, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the show. We're going to hit a music set here pretty soon. But uh, before we do so, uh, I want to you give yourself a plug where uh, people can listen to the Common Sense Show. And uh, yeah, plug all that good shit for us. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, again, uh, Billy, thank you for having me on your uh, uh, amazing show. Uh, can't wait to uh, to see how well um, it uh, it evolves. And uh, again, thank you for that. Uh, for people that are interested in listening to me uh, babble for two hours, <laughs> you can go to the Patriot Soapbox uh, News Net or PatriotSoapbox.com and all of the uh, outlets are there, uh, Roku, uh, DLive, uh, Rumble, and, uh, and a couple others. Uh, the show that uh, you spoke about, the Common Sense Show, uh, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if you can't catch it live, uh, you can always go to all of the social media platforms. Just search for uh, Indie News or Indie News Media. Uh, you'll find it there. And then also, too, um, we're on, uh, we, we put the shows on uh, Rumble. Uh, Podbean for you uh, podcasters out there and along with uh, Spotify as well. 
All right. Well, hey, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, we got to have another one of these conversations because uh, we're on point with uh, too many facts here. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And yeah, when we have some, uh, have some more time, and uh, when five a.m. for me doesn't come early, definitely would love to uh, uh, stick around. Absolutely. All right. You take care. And there you have the conversation I had with Derek Vance. With that said, it's time to go to the first music set. Coming up, I have Muggsy. Yes, you remember the Australian rapper. He'll be followed by Ellie Mae Millenkamp. She'll be followed by Charlie Drown. We got Jason Springs and Appalachie Dawn. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Man, what's going on? Why can't I deal with this? Mother, stop finding dead. Why do you have to be like this? so confused in this household, constant arguing, why can't this be a happy home? Seeing mother come home, she never stops crying Seeing the father come home, he's not even smiling They say they love each other, but I know they're always lying Because in the end, yeah, they ain't can keep some firing They look each other in the face and can't even take it Or you can see the love that turns into hatred Sometimes makes you think, how did they even make it? Because all they want to do now is just break it Grab each other by the throat or grab your coat or leave out the door Makes you think, is the love really there no more? You want to take the kids, is it really their fault? Because right now they're watching it all In the corner on the dark dusted floor The fury that's in the air They don't even care Seeing the three kids faces stand in pain Right there Shocked, disappointed Whether it's gonna be the end Right here Mother don't cry no more I love you Father don't cry no more I need you We come together Gotta come together Sorting out our family problems Under the weather Mother don't cry no more I love you Father don't cry no more I need you We come together Gotta come together I know you got three kids and they're all grown up But going down the wrong path One's always in the wrong One's got no job trying to make it through his songs And one's still sitting all alone at home But don't get upset about what we want to do It's our future of how we're gonna make it through I know you're probably worried about how we're gonna end up Props in a broken home No kids and no job Maybe cause in this world it's so unfair Dreams hardly happen and then it leaves you with despair Not a care in the world, hurt by pain and struggle What kind of makes it feel like You're trapped inside a bubble Struggling to breathe, struggling to get it And it always keeps you upset In a downward spiral Then my rhymes come to my head To tell you about the tears and bloods that were shed Mother don't cry no more, I love you Father don't cry no more, I need we you We come together, gotta come together Sorting out our family problems under the weather Mother don't cry no more, I love you Father don't cry no more, I need we you We come together, gotta come together Sorting 
out of family problems under the weather We all know that every family has their issues But take one step into my shoes And see that every day is a burning diffuse Mother, please stop crying and grab your tissues I know that things haven't been so easy But that doesn't mean you have to make a scenery Just try and set your mind freely into a calm zone Because when you walk through that door You're fighting with dad 24-7 It sounds like a broken record from 7-Eleven The picture ain't perfect And I know our family ain't worth it But be thankful that you're breathing And you got a family that is needing you All we gotta do is just keep it true And keep the love moving through And your oldest son is rapping this to you Let's hope he makes it And this will be your good Mother don't cry no more I love you Father don't cry no more I need we you We come together Gotta come together Sorting out a family problems under the weather Mother don't cry no more I love you Father don't cry no more I need we you We come together Gotta come together Sorting out a family problems under the weather Mother don't cry no more I love you Father don't cry no more I need you We come together Gotta come together Sorting out a family Family problems under the weather Mother don't cry no more, I love you Father don't cry no more, I need you We come together, gotta come together Sorting out our family problems under the weather Hey yo, hello Why you messaging hey. my girlfriend on Facebook? What, you think you slick? What do you mean messaging your girlfriend? I don't know your girlfriend Look, I know damn well you know You know what I'm talking about I don't know your girlfriend. Oh, yeah, you're a little punk ass trying to ask my girl for filthy pictures, huh? For some titty pictures? Well, who the hell are you talking you you out of your mind? Yeah, shut up. He says I'm asking for dirty pictures. Hello? Oh, yo, you got an attitude now? Huh? Who you want to talk face to face? Oh, excuse me, sir. Who is this? Oh, no, I think we need a face to face meeting. Where you at, homeboy? Who is this? Who is this? Let's go, homeboy. Where are you at, huh? This is his wife. You've <laughs> just been pranked. Courtesy of prankowl.com. You like Ford and I like Chevy. You like Hank and I blast Dolly. You drink Bush and I like a Natty. Doesn't really matter cause I like you baby You like going out at night I like staying in drinking red wine You love that small town crowd And I like the city But I like you Yeah, I like you It might be a little different That doesn't make a difference When I'm feeling the lovesick blues I like you
Don't know if you're ready Well that's showing them weakness Now you're second guessing Maybe you're half as strong as you need to be There's a line in the sand, boy Are you willing and able? Where's your ink? Son, show me your scars Tell me, are you ready to put up or shut up? Show me the whites of your eyes Order your soul for ten cents on the dollar We'll sell you back death in disguise Don't you want to stand for something? Well, here's you a gun They told you that's what it means to be a man. Pass you right over if you can't hold your liquor. And if that hits a nerve, well, we'll walk over you quicker. Cause if you ain't yelling, you ain't using your voice. Well, are you handing out freedom? Are you just making noise? Tell me, are you ready to put up or shut up? Show me the whites of your eyes. Order your soul for ten cents on the dollar. We'll sell you back death in disguise. Don't you want to stand for something? Well, here's your gun. They told you that's what it means to be a man. Keep pushing them weights, boy. It's getting you far. Well, I guess it's the same. As these strings and guitar. Tell me, are you ready to put up or shut up? Show me the white to your eyes. Sell you back death in disguise Tell me are you ready to put up or shut up Show me the whites of your eyes Order your soul for ten cents on the dollar We'll sell you back death in disguise Don't you wanna stand for something Well here's you a gun Go make us proud Ain't they told you That's what it means Yeah, they told you That's what it means Won't somebody tell me Just what it means To be a man To be a man
bread with country pride. All about these Georgia woods mixed with some southern rhymes. Outlaw music man, heavy with a former tan. Midnight rider, something like the Allman Brothers band. Yeah. Find me in the country, hanging in the backyard with my guitar and a fruit jar. Bonfire burning in the moonlight. Raise a little ruckus by the morning, we gon' be alright. It's all about drumming up a good time, mixed with some Appalachian swamp. no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, 
protection and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravantomidnight.com A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. (laughs) 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, making men men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Appalachian Dawn with Anthem of an Outlaw. Before that, Jason Springs with What It Means to Be a Man. Before that, Charlie Drown with Domin Hater. For that, Ellie Mae Millencamp with I Like You. And starting off the whole set, Muggsy with Don't Cry. All right. So before I go any further, I want to remind you yet again to check out the Outlaw Radio store. Go to outlawradioabs.com. That's outlawradioalphabravosierra.com. Yes, scroll down to where you see the My Pillow banner. Mike Lindell supports America, and we support him. So click on that banner, do your online shopping with MyPillow, and use the code OUTLAW to get up to 66% off your purchase. Yes, indeed. That's uh, outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section and scroll on down to the MyPillow banner. Use the code OUTLAW when shopping with my pillow to save up to 66%. Yes, indeed. So in just a little bit, you're going to hear the conversation that I had with Brett Sessoms. But before I get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Donna Marino out of Connecticut. I got the news report here. Let's let's hear what the what the news report says. Yeah, Mark, Donna Marino turned herself into police yesterday. The victim's daughter tells us Donna had her father convinced that he had Alzheimer's disease and that's how police say she was able to keep all of this activity from him. 73-year-old John Marino is a family man. His kids say he would do anything to support his children and grandchildren. He worked for his family. He worked and saved all of his money. His daughter, Elena, tells us her dad married Donna in 2009. Ten years later, in 2019, she saw her dad's credit score had dropped hundreds of points. That's when she started to become suspicious of his wife, Donna. And I saw that there was a tax lien on his house. So I ended up, I've been trying to get in touch with my dad. She had my dad's phone being rerouted to her phone. Elena found out it wasn't just money she was stealing. She says Donna also convinced him that he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and that he just didn't remember going to the appointment. She was making up stories in the morning telling him that he was running around the house chasing her. The family tells us John's mother suffered from Alzheimer's and being diagnosed with the disease was his biggest fear. My great-grandmother used to rip up mail. So she had said to my grandfather, he was ripping up mail. She went and got a P.O. box. So that's why he never saw a bill. Investigators say Donna Marino forged her husband's signature on his pension checks, social security checks, workers' compensation settlements, and other legal documents before depositing the funds in a secret bank account. Police say John told them she's been stealing from him as far back as 1999. Elena Marino says telling her father what was going on was one of the hardest things. He's looking at me and he's going, honey, you know, is this true? Am I broke? And I said, yeah, dad, you are broke. I said, and he's crying. Imagine your father crying to you. 
It was awful. Elena tells us she moved her dad to Florida, and she says she's glad justice is now being served. But the reality of the past 20 years is still a lot to deal with. He still can't believe the trauma. Like, he's really has major, you know, he's, he suffers. Donna Marino is being held on a $25,000 bond. Live in the newsroom, Aaron Edwards, Channel 3 Eyewitness News. And what a disgusting human being she is. Wow. All right. So with that said, it's time to go to Outlaw Radio World News. Yes, new segment here with special guest, Brett Sessoms. Here we go. Outlaw Radio World News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio World News. I want to welcome back Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi. What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much, but uh, uh, some of the BS and stuff that's going on in South Africa is kind of a uh, domino effect over to my state, and I want to talk about it. Yes, yes. So you brought some interesting stuff. Uh, Subjects, some interesting facts my way, of course, that uh, I, I found found out a little bit about. You know, obviously, you know, we just had kind of a, I don't, you can't even call these midterm elections. I guess we can call them quarter-term elections. Then, uh, you know, they also had kind of a like a mid-to-quarter-term election of their own over in South Africa, Great news on that note, by the way, with the ANC falling below 50%. Yes, it's more of a symbolic gesture than anything else. A few municipalities changed hands out of the ANC, and the ANC is going to have to go into coalition with some other uh, far-leftist parties. Um, But this is the first time in the history of South Africa that the ANC is below 50%, and that is a monumental achievement. Yeah, first time it's happened since, uh, what, 1994 when Mandela got sworn in. I mean, I don't, well, I'm not quite sure about that. About that. I think, well, they and the National Party merged then, and there were several other parties. But, yeah, this is like the first time since 1994 that the ANC was below 50%, but confidence in the ANC has gone way down over the well, you know, I, I've already stated I'm not the biggest fan of Nelson Mandela, but uh, he was absolutely right when he said, if the ANC does to you what apartheid did, then you must do to the ANC what you did to apartheid. And finally, start, somebody's finally starting to step up and do that. Yes, well, just like the land issue, I mean, even with Mandela, they had expropriation, but with compensation. And the white farmers were compensated very, very nicely for their land. But here's the here's the other part. Only 6 to 13% of the land has been successfully transferred. And what I mean by that is it's tra- transferred to a poor black farmhand, and the person gets uh, education on how to manage and how to work a commercial farm and the farm's in good shape. Most of that land had been transferred, even with compensation, to ANC cronies, and they let the farms go to shit. Yeah, 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 I knew that, you know. Not only that, too, but uh, from what I understand, this is this has happened badly in Zimbabwe, and uh, it's obviously going to happen in South Africa. They, they keep pushing this bullshit. 
is uh, there? Well, there's enough opposition now. I don't think it's going to be able to pass. Yeah, I don't think the ANC is going to want to lose any handful of moderates they still have before the 2023 national elections. Well, there's there's something uh, that was brought to my attention is um, I mean, and I think it's throughout the African continent too. Is there's some kind of there's some kind of weed? You know, I mean, obviously. Anybody who farms knows you got to take care of weeds and pests like that, you know. But there's something that's so bad that it, it can take years to get rid of. And they managed to do that in South Africa and Zimbabwe. Well, they, you know, it's uh, almost impossible now to grow crops in Zimbabwe because they got, they got this weed back. I, I don't even know what it's called or anything, but it's some kind of garden pest. And uh, it's, you know, it's going to be so difficult to get crops growing again in Zimbabwe. And uh, they, you know, and, and certain places in South Africa, that weed is coming back. Uh, I mean... I honestly have not heard that, but I do know that red locusts have plagued Namibia over the last few years, and it's really affecting their crop output. And I felt bad for Namibian farmers. And Namibia doesn't have the racial tension that South Africa nor Zimbabwe has. Yeah, yeah. Of course, boy, now Namibia would be an even tougher place to grow crops because that's where you're talking the majority of the Kalahari Desert right there. So, you, you know, the, there ain't much you can do on the Kalahari. But uh, yeah, that is true. And one thing I was not a fan of apartheid, and I firmly believed it had to go. But one thing you have to credit a lot of white South African farmers, though, they have an and I'm not a farmer, so I don't know how they do it, but they have an amazing irrigation system because they have been able to grow crops and successfully have commercial farms in areas where there's not much rain at all. During apartheid, yes, blacks were forced to move off land and go to other land, but the land that they were put on had the most rainfall and typically the land that the whites were put on had the least amount of rainfall um and that whites could vote on it where blacks couldn't which which was wrong but it is um that's one reason a lot of people from the u.s are, are bringing in these white south african farmers uh the ones that won't because the u.s government nor the canadian government will give them refugee status and it's more dangerous to be a white south african farmer now than it is to be a u.s soldier in a combat zone i mean it is yeah statistically speaking. And the because South African farmers have a good irrigation system and they're genius commercial farmers, they start out as farmhands uh, in Mississippi, but a lot of Mississippi and I think Louisiana as well, farmers, their kids don't want to take over the farm anymore. I and mean, you know how attached farmers get to their land. Well, the farmers don't want to see the land sold or, or they don't want to see the land you know, divide it up so they'll bring these white South African farmhands in and eventually the white South African farmhands will take over the farm. Yes, yes. So, I mean, we're, see we're seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, with the with this uh, little election that they had over there in South Africa. And obviously, um, you know, um, I mean, obviously you've stated uh, your uh, where your political beliefs are. I know you kind of swing more to towards being an independent. Um, but, uh, I, as I stated in my previous interview with Derek, you know, I, I was, I was really happy to see Virginia go red again. So. 
Yes, I was as well. And they have their their uh, lieutenant governor elect, a former U.S. Marine, and she's the first African American female to hold that office, and she's Republican. Yeah, well, I, as I stated before, I mean, people don't even realize how many black conservative Republicans there are out there. I mean, uh, you know, and and that even includes if you go into the slums of Chicago or uh, South Central Los Angeles. You know, in fact, uh, there was an interview with a with a gentleman in Chicago, a black gentleman living in the worst areas of Chicago, and he come to find out he was a Trump supporter after uh, Obama disappointed him like majorly, majorly. So, you know, there. Th- so yes, that has gone on, and uh, let me think. What else is going on? Is that there? I mean, it's not just white people. There are a lot of Asians and Hispanics and African Americans that have been angry over this CRT, the critical race theory, and pushing it in the U.S. school system. And even liberal um, sources are saying that CRT was probably the biggest factor in Virginia why it's turning red again. Well, if people would pay attention, you know, especially you you have like uh, like Andili Mexentama, or however you pr- pronounce his name from Black First, Land First, you know, is just idolizes the hell out of Malcolm X. Yet you need to listen to what Malcolm X said because Malcolm X never used the words critical race theory, but he said crap like uh, like that, you know, in his own words, he said things like critical race theory are very harmful and will only hurt the black race even more. He said that in and his own right. words. People also forget that Malcolm X's attitude towards whites changed after he went on this hajj to Mecca and saw people of all different races and colors worshiping. That part of uh, Malcolm X's life is left out, and it's clearly in his autobiography. Yes, yes. So you know, I think Malcolm X is uh, is just overlooked, like he's he's the almighty all black power leader and all that, and. Uh, Truth be told, uh, he wasn't as militant as these people portray him to be. You know, he made a, he made a lot of sense where I know he was at odds with uh, Martin Luther King because they had different ideology. And, of course, uh, and you're right, it was after his trip uh, to Africa where um, he was in league with the other Muslims and, um, and you know, because he, he, he did have this... Uh, hatred towards the white race and uh, then he, he that just kind of eased up and of course that's what got him killed was basically it's like I'm not I'm not going to uh, you know I'm, I'm not going to follow this path anymore where all white people are evil blah 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 you know and and uh, you, you know it's basically a lot of the same crap that we got going on only uh, only different you know you you disagree with me oh, you're no good. You, you need to be shunned, you need to be ousted, you need to be shot, whatever, you know? Yes, and James Carville, who I honestly admire, he's a Democrat, he ran Clinton's campaign, former U.S. Marine for two years. He said this woke culture and the wokeness is what cost the Democrats in Virginia and almost cost them in New Jersey, too. Um, the Democratic candidate won by the smallest margin in New Jersey. And... The, and James Carville says that unless the Democrats get off this woke bandwagon, that it's gonna it's gonna keep being like this. Yes, yes. 
So uh, to the task, of course, of what's going on in Mississippi now. This this is interesting, you know, because um, it was a couple of years ago that I had a friend of mine from the um, from the Navajo Reservation. Uh, him and I talked with uh, Craig Hawk Montgomery because he said. He said that members of the ANC showed up on the Navajo reservation to talk about land reform, and uh, of course the the Navajos uh, listened to him for a brief moment, and then basically kicked him off their part of the reservation. Then they went over to the Apaches. The Apaches took them took it as complete disrespect, and they're lucky they didn't leave with broken legs, or or the uh, you know they're lucky they left with their scalps because. Uh, disrespecting an Apache is uh, pretty much the same as uh, disrespecting the head of the Italian mob. Yeah, well, I mean, and as far as the Navajos go, I mean, the ANC obviously didn't read their history and talk, the Navajo code talkers. I mean, yes, long walk with Kit Carson in the late 1800s, but the Navajo code talkers said they were pretty well accepted and well uh, treated when they were in the U.S. Marines by white Marines. And the ANC didn't get that part. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you know, it, it's 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 so interesting you mentioned that there, Brett, because uh, I was watching uh, Navajo Cops. You can find that on uh, on YouTube. That's about oh about an hour long special about the police forces on on the reservations, and they mentioned they what's that? They have a tough job. Yeah. So. So uh, they they were talking about how uh, the a lot of the Navajo uh, police, uh, the majority of them have a background with the military, and uh, when they were in uh, when they were fighting in World War II, they spoke Navajo in codes uh, during attacks in Japan. So, yeah, the, I mean the the, the Navajo has a pretty significant history too of, of good relations as well. Yes, with, particularly with the military, because it was uh, a white civil engineer, Philip Johnson, I think that's his name. He, he grew up on the reservation, spoke Navajo. He was the son of missionaries, white missionaries. But Navajo, he thought, could not be a uh, language the Japanese couldn't break. So he went to the Department of Defense, and they, kept, and they recruited Navajos to the U.S. Marines. Yeah, and they're, they're tough as all hell, too, yes. But what? Yeah, and that Iwo Jima was where they came through, and really, uh, that was where they shined. Was Iwo Jima? They did well a lot of other battles, but Iwo Jima was where the coach really shined. So, my question: Enlighten me, please. What the hell is the ANC doing in Mississippi? It's just trying to bully people into thinking the way that they think. Okay, I don't know how much uh, you've read up uh, aside from the elections. Before the elections, the strike it ended. It's an organization called NUMSA, which is a labor union in name only. It's National Union of Metal Workers in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And NUMSA has, has struck in South Africa. They wanted an 8% pay raise in the middle of a COVID pandemic when South Africa's RAND currency is in junk status. Yeah. And they have a 33% unemployment, so they needed to be happy to have jobs. Well, the companies tried to compromise with them and gave them a 4.4% increase in pay, which was over half, but they said it wasn't good enough, but a few days ago the strike had ended and they had uh, went back to work. 
but they persuaded South African Airways strike uh, workers to strike only after three weeks flights resumed with South African Airways. Well, NUMSA back in 2013 and 2017 went to Canton, Mississippi, where we have a Nissan plant. And they tried to bully the Nissan workers into unionizing, first time in 2013, and they thought that unionizing was the way to go. But most Nissan workers did not want to be unionized, and it's a majority African-American plant. They, the reason they didn't is because a lot of them were making $28 an hour, plus benefits. There really wasn't a reason to. I mean, you worked a lot of hours and stuff, but you were compensated pretty well. Hmm. And so, so, but then in 2017, they came back, and this time they came back with the United Auto Workers in Detroit, Michigan, but not just that, also Bernie Sanders and Danny Glover. But the workers voted again not to unionize, and I firmly believe they'll be back um, after the COVID stuff cleared up. So... And a lot of black Africans don't like NUMSA, but they're scared of them. I mean, they have been known to violently protest, and NUMSA is basically mm-hmm. tied in with the ANC. So they're they're coming over here. It's like I honestly thought that when I when I found out they're on the reservations, they had no business over here. Now they, I don't. What business do they? I I don't get what they're what they think they're trying to do over here. I mean, uh, uh, a critical race theory into uh, a worldwide thing. And I think they're trying to hit the United States, particularly the southern U.S. or southwest, because they have a similar history that uh, apartheid had. And the ANC is a dictatorial organization. They try to uh, intimidate people into thinking the way that they think. I mean, the EFF is worse about it. That's just who they are. They try to intimidate any and everybody into thinking the way that they think. And if you don't think the way that they think, you're, you know, you're worthless. And obviously, I mean, you just mentioned too, I mean, the the South African economy is is uh, headed, been heading down the toilet on a very fast pace, and then they push through land expropriation without compensation. I mean, things are done once they do that. Um, but, uh, they so they don't have a lot of money to spend, but they have the money to spend to do this bullshit. They're running low on money now because I guess they just spent all that they could uh, embezzling. South Africa's economy shut down through the uh, through the COVID, so they weren't able to collect as much taxes. But the ANC, how do I explain this? The ANC, um. I think they want to do to ruin South Africa's economy because then they want to declare a state of emergency because they know and suspend the 2023 elections, national elections. They already got hit in these municipal elections. And if the opposition parties can learn to work together, particularly the Democratic Alliance and the Freedom Front Plus, if they can work together, then the ANC is not is, is going to be not be the majority party nationally in 2023. And I think the ANC thinks all this dictatorial state of emergency stuff is the only way they can stay in power. I think they tried to do that in 2023, but the Independent Electoral Commission, the IEC, threw them a lifeline. The ANC forgot to register over 93 of their candidates. 
And the EFF, I agree with them on this. The EFF and the DA said, we registered our candidates on time. Don't throw the ANC a lifeline. Well, the IEC threw the ANC a lifeline and gave them extra time to register their candidates for the election. So the ANC should be at 25% right now in municipal elections, not at 46%, but the, the IEC helped them out. Yes, yes. So, you know, and obviously I can see, I can see where for them keeping Ramaposa in office would be very, very important. So if they can suspend the elections, that would keep him in office and uh, only make things much worse from there. Oh, agree. And I think, I mean, a lot of people, because they think the ANC ended apartheid, which they didn't, that's, that's a whole other story. They played a very minimal role in that. But for only 41% of people showed up in these elections. There were people who were traditionally ANC voters that were so disgruntled with them. It was like, I guess I can't vote. If I can't vote, if I guess I can't vote the way I want to, but so I'm just not going to vote. A lot of people use that day as a, just a holiday. Hmm. You know, I found out too. I mean, obviously, um, you know how you know how it works. And this was mentioned here on the show uh, when I talked to Willem Petzer. He he told me uh, how how it works in the, the voting system over there. Is obviously you cast your vote, and then your uh, your thumb has to be marked with a uh, with a with a black Listen. mark that takes days to to wear off. I mean, to, it, it can take up to maybe two weeks for that to come off. From what I understand, but I guess a lot of a lot of voters, though they, a lot of the people there at the polls had two pins. I mean, and uh, sp specific people got marked with a sharpie that's easy to wash off, and then the the others got marked with this one that they were supposed to be marked with. So that these these people would uh, go a lot of them. This and you want to talk about election fraud. Um, here we go, is, uh, you know, a lot of them got marked with a Sharpie and then uh, they they went to another uh, precinct. And then, of course, uh, you know, quite often, too, I mean, they hit, especially since uh, Johannesburg and uh, Pretoria are very close together, you know, often they drive to, uh, you know, from Johannesburg to Pretoria, some taking the trip to Durban, some taking the trip to Port Elizabeth, and then even some taking the trip as far as to Cape Town to go cast in their ballots over and over now, again. I about this, but I do know it's been documented what has happened. Uh, what, what has happened is there were some people who were uh, did not vote for the ANC, but they showed up to their precinct, they had all the papers, proof that they were registered to vote, and some of them weren't allowed to vote. It was the minority of precincts, but in KwaZulu-Natal, which is a battleground between the African National Congress and the Nkatha Freedom Party, there were several Nkatha Freedom Party students who claimed they had the papers, the university students, they had their papers, they had their IDs, and they were not they were turned away. And they set a building to fire. I'm not I'm not condoning that. But I am saying there was voter fraud in this election. If they, if they take care of the voter fraud, I think the ANC may go below 40%. I mean, it was um, it was pretty I – mean, most of the precincts were fine, but there were some there was some fraudulent stuff that went on. Helen Zilla, who's a leader of the Democratic Alliance, she was at the polls telling people don't be afraid to come vote, and people were threatening her, but the South African Police Service escorted her out of the precinct. And yeah. she might be filing a lawsuit against 
Oh yeah, I I can I can imagine she probably would. But uh, yeah, so but, but but no, what I was going to say is um the 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 best way right now for South Africa is the Democratic Alliance and the Freedom Front Plus need to work together. I'm Freedom Front Plus. I mean, I'm not saying you were like this, but they moved more from the right, more to the center. But they did reach out to the black and the colored communities in South Africa. And they uh, were able to get non-white candidates that were black or um, South African number descendants of Khoisan colored. And the Freedom Front Plus did excellent in this election. They uh, they got 18 seats in Limpopo, which is a heavy ANC province. But just for them to even get over 1% of the vote, 1.35% of the vote and 18 seats was awesome. And I'm a DA supporter, but if the DA and the FF plus can go to co into coalition together, which the FF plus says they are willing to do, um, that would help out a lot. Yeah. Well, um, the way I've, I've kind of looked at it too, is the, uh, the parties there in South Africa is, uh, you know, you got bas basically the freedom front plus is a pretty much equivalent to our Republican conservative party here and uh, you know the da is yeah, they are now they used to be ultra right wing but they've done a lot of reform yeah. over the last few so they're close to republicans and the da is like moderate democrats moderate yeah, democrat yeah and then um even uh in carter freedom party are more you know they're more like they've always been more republicans they're anti-communist they're right you know um basically right-wing values um they, yeah they expropriation without compensation and some other things, but they don't like the ANC and they are anti-communist. The new leadership of them and called the Freedom Party supports expropriation without compensation, but they don't support socialism and any other thing. And they also are, uh, they're not as radical as the ANC by any stretch of the imagination. And the ANC works hand in hand with the South African Communist Party and Nelson Mandela has even said it himself, you know, that he, you know, he, he praised the uh, South African Communist Party. You go to the ANC's website, and they're linked to the South African Communist Party. So the the ANC, I mean, they they are what they are. I mean, uh, to forget the word socialism. They are a communist dictatorship. Uh, oh, they are. I mean, they are, and they tried to rig this thing. And the reason a lot of their candidates didn't honestly register on time was because they thought, the IEC, the Independent Electoral Commission, who threw them a lifeline, by the way, but they thought the IEC was going to postpone the election for a year or two, and they didn't think they were going to have these elections. But I voted during the COVID pandemic, and I have been vaccinated, Had my, recently had my booster. In 2020, it was fine. We waited outside. We had a big line outside, and you went to the precinct for about five or six minutes. Uh, you showed them your ID, and then you, you, know, you cast your ballot. You know, in, in New York, you don't have to show ID. Isn't that something? No, that's something. Uh, vote. That's actually racist towards black people to have that thing. That shows that black people are uh, too stupid to drive a car or too stupid. That That's that mindset. I mean, showing somebody an ID, demanding that somebody see an ID is just saying who you are and that you're smart enough to drive a car, you're smart enough to go to the, to get a driver's license. I mean... It is not detrimental to anybody to to make them show an ID. It's detrimental to not have them show an ID. You know, isn't that amazing, too, is, um, you know, you drill it into somebody's head, you can't, you can't, you can't, and they're, 
they're going to end up believing that shit, you know, and then uh, they're going to, and, and then uh, they get indoctrinated with other stuff too. You're a victim. You're entitled to this. You're entitled to that, you know. And that and a lot of that, a lot of that is what critical race theory is, you know. And um, yeah, tell tell it's the real Uncle Tom's with the white liberals that uh, that are doing this shit, you know. Is I'm getting back to Malcolm X. He said the worst enemy to the black race is the white liberal. And you know, you see, look at. Uh, the majority of uh, the members of Black Lives Matter, they're not black. They're not Hispanic. They're, they're white idiots. And they're, they're only, they don't even realize how much they're, how, how they're really degrading the black race, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and sorry to change the subject, but um, yeah, it's about Mississippi. Here's what's going on now uh, against white South Africans, and I believe it's a bogus lawsuit that's being filed. Pitts Farms, and I showed you the link, in Sunflower County, Mississippi, in the Delta, they put some white South African farmers on H2 visas, which, um, but the, the African-American farmers at Pitts Farms, and Sunflower County is about 70% African-American. Well, the African-American farmers said the that the white farmers, the white South African farmers were being paid 87 cents more an hour than they were. And then on top of that, um, but then it went to over $11 an hour. But the company says everybody got a wage increase at uh, in 2020 where it was $11 an hour. But I'm not saying that most white South African farmers have agricultural degrees. And that's, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because there's a difference between book smarts and work smarts. But typically, the more education you have, you're going to get paid a little bit more. Well, I mean, that's the way it normally works, too. But then, then again, at the same time, there's this, uh, there's this crap, too, that, uh, and it, and it is happening in some places, too, to where you, um, you know, if you watch that movie American History X, where uh, you know that uh, the the guy's father. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the movie. It's a really good movie, but yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, he's where he was talking about how uh, these two black guys got got the job just because they were black. Uh, they got accepted over people that was scored higher on the test. I mean, um, you know, that right there, you know, that's that's a little bit part of the reparations act, but. Uh, we're talking. There's some, these are some serious positions that that require somebody that, that has to pass these tests and things like that. And you know, especially like being a policeman or a firefighter or something like that, because you're putting your life into somebody else's hands. Majority yeah, of the and time, I think a bogus lawsuit because the work, the, the, the African American farm workers, at least some of them, were complaining that all the South African farm hands on the farm were white South Africans and whites only don't make up 8% of South Africa's population. Well, that's racist in and of itself. And that's part of the lawsuit. Well, the farm can hire anybody from another country that they want to hire. And if they were going to train these farm hands in taking over the farm or taking over the company um, or bringing them up to managerial positions, and they've already had their degrees, then there's, then, I mean, if you have degrees, typically you're going to get paid more. Even if you do the same work. I mean, Herman Cain, when he was a mathematician for NASA, 
he went to NASA and said, why is the white guy that works next to me? We do about the same work. We, he does good work. I do good work, but he's getting paid a little bit more. And they said, oh, it's not because he's white. He's got a master's degree. And when Herman Cain got a, his master's degree on his own time, he started making the same amount of money. And Herman Cain has that story. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the second thing is, now, I'm not saying this is all um, – I don't know about the welfare in Idaho, but there is welfare in Mississippi and there's welfare in Louisiana. And as far as I know, in Mississippi and rural Louisiana, too, where you have a lot of farms there. OK, in Mississippi, you have to make twenty thousand dollars or under to be eligible for a lot of government assistance. Well, a lot of farmhands that were Americans did not told their bosses and employers would tell them, please don't give me a pay raise. Last time you gave me a pay raise, I lost my welfare, I lost my Medicaid, or pay me in cash. And some of them, now this is the sad part, some of them quit because they made more being on the dole than they were working. So, and many Afrikaners have a very independent streak, and they probably should have been taking government subsidies based on what they were making, but they probably didn't. So that's probably another factor. And then the other factor is the black farm workers in this in Pitts farm, they said that they had a supervisor that followed them around when, when they were introducing the, the white South African farmers to the farm and training them when they first got there. Well, the supervisor watched them closely. Well, if they were complaining about the South Africans being, uh, being white, I don't blame the farm company for hiring a white supervisor and watching them closely because they obviously didn't have respect for them and thought that all white South Africans were racist, which is something I thought when I was 17 or 18 until I read about Joe Slovo, who helped Nelson Mandela to, uh, end apartheid, not just uh, Joe Slovo, Helen Seussman, Helen Zilla, um, and, then, and then the Afrikaners in the Boer War. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, and that's not taught widely in schools. And then if you bring critical race theory into all this, then what happened on that farm is just going to get worse. You know, what I think it is, and I've mentioned this before, and we got to wrap this up here pretty soon there, Brett. But uh, critical race theory, it, you know, the, the whole thing is, it, 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 it's, it's a cover-up, you know. I mean, they're saying now as far as math Mathematics, basic mathematics is racist. What they they found an excuse to make it racist, you know. Um, having having knowledge can uh, you know make make you make you question the authority, make you make you question everything that's going around you. So you know, knowledge can to those that are in higher power, knowledge is a very dangerous weapon to the peasants. And, uh, you know, it's like that, that episode of Doctor Who that I saw where uh, there was a small village and it, it was basically ruled by, th uh, the, the whole landscape was ruled by three vampires. And one of the, one of the biggest laws that they had was, was no knowledge, no schools, no reading, no nothing. The penalty for knowledge is death. Why? Because... If uh, they they figured things out, they studied science and things like that. They'd figure out a way to end their rule. So that's basically critical race theory is a way to dumb down everybody, you know. So so pretty much every, people can hardly read or do what one plus one equals two or anything like that, you know. Knowledge. 
object, lower the knowledge and increase the government power. It's what it's all about in the end. Oh, I agree. And uh, in that, I don't um, know what's going on in, in, in Idaho with this, but with farms down south, and I've known white and black farmhands doing this, and it's the minority of them on both races, but it's still sad. Some of them steal from their farmer boss. And one guy, now, now they shouldn't have done this, but in the Tinsaw Parish in Louisiana, his farmhand, I think it was Tinsaw Parish, his farmhand was stealing from him, and he called the sheriff, and the sheriff said, you want me to come pick him up? He said, no, let, let me work him today, and then you can come pick him up. They should have picked him up right then and there, but he still shouldn't have been stealing, and I've talked to other friends, and that's not an isolated case. It's the same in South Africa where they've had domestic servants steal from them, and domestic servants um, arrange the crimes in some ways. Now, it's, it's a minority of domestic servants, and all domestic servants get punished because of it. But that's one reason uh, foreign, foreign workers from South Africa are being brought in uh, to these farms. Another yes. reason. Because they believe if they're on these H-2 visas and stuff, they're not going to steal. Or if they do, they can just get deported. Yes. Uh, Brad, I hate to say it, we are out of time. Uh, real quick, before we hit the music set, why don't you go ahead and p plug your YouTube channel? Okay, um, I have a YouTube channel, and it's called Brett Sessoms, uh, same as my name, and uh, I talk about various issues from various countries, mostly Africa and Asia, but I do discuss what's going on in the U.S. and uh, sometimes Latin America, and just uh, feel free to check out my YouTube channel. I have over a thousand subscribers now. I think it's 1.04 subscribers, which is a thousand and forty something. So hopefully, I can get it to two thousand next. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much for your time. Hey, you're very welcome. That was fun. Glad right. to be here. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the conversation with Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi. It is time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we got Nikki Breyer. New Breed and Jesse Howard, 3D in Your Face, Shane Smith and the Saints, and Ember's End. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs>
Yes, hello. This is Special Agent Webster with the Federal Security Agency in Washington, D.C. I'm uh, going to need a few moments of your time. Now, uh, since uh, the passage of the Patriot Act, our agency has been granted uh, extraordinary powers in the pursuit of terrorists and other threats to national security. I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, that includes the ability to monitor electronic and digital information exchanges, uh, such as email and internet use. You following me? I'm not following you with shit. Uh -huh. why you now, the reason for my call Arizona? is that in the course of one of our investigations, and I cannot obviously reveal any details of that investigation, <laughs> but in that course, we had reason to monitor the internet usage at your address. Do you understand? Oh. Uh huh. Now, the results show that someone at your address is using the internet to view quite. Um, graphic images of a uh, sexual uh, nature, uh, images that are not legal under American law. Now, were you aware of this? Well, you'll get a chance to make a full statement later. Our agents will be uh, entering your home shortly. They will be seizing your computer, any related media, and uh, conducting a thorough search. Uh, I suggest strongly uh, that you cooperate with them. You've <laughs> just been pranked. Courtesy of prankowl.com. Thank you, you dabbing. Two eight balls and a bottle of Jack. Just told me that I'm way off track. Just came home, but I'm going right back, so I might as 
Jack just told me that I'm way off track. I just came home, but I'm going right back, so I might as well get wasted. I guess I might as well. I got nothing left to do, no tears in my eyes. I got nothing left to lose, dear mama. Don't cry when you hear the bad news. Tell my kids I say goodbye and never follow with my shoes. I'm a drowned in my sorrow. Tomorrow may not come. I'm so sick of this long road. Steady on the run. It's like this river dried up. The bridge is burned. Down, so I'm sitting at this bar, drinking round after round, smoking cigarettes, reminiscing on the past, thinking about them good old days when life was a blast. We was fast living, bumping, no limit. We had good women, good women, good women. We felt like big stars, driving fast cars, but it comes to an end when you end up behind them bars. Nobody sends you mail, nobody accepts your calls. Now you down on your balls, like motherfuck it all. Two big balls. In a bottle of Jack Just told me that I'm way off track Just came home but I'm going right back So I might as well get wasted Two eight balls and a bottle of Jack Just told me that I'm way off track Just came home but I'm going right back So I might as well get wasted Baby mama's fed up Say that she done had enough She trying to keep her head up After all the dirt I done Says she's probably doing better Since I'm out here on the run Just take care of her, the kids And give them all my love Live the life of a hell you now I'm reaping what I sowed All these women come and go Repercussions on my soul It's like I knew what I was into And now I can't pretend to Act like a man After all the shit we been through Now my kids are missing daddy They wish upon a star Daddy cook them home But he sit behind bars And mama figured out that she was better off if she found somebody else and had a brand new start. And you're probably right about it, so I'll take it for what it's worth. I can't sit and cry about it, cause it'll probably make it worse. Ain't no need to lie about it, even if the truth hurts. I need to get my shit together and take my ass to church, come on. Two eight balls and a bottle of Jack. Just told me that I'm way off track. Just came home, but I'm going right back, so I might as well get away. Balls in a bottle of Jack Just told me that I'm way off track Just came home but I'm going right back So I might as well get wasted Two eight balls in a bottle of Jack Just told me that I'm way off track Just came home but I'm going right back So I might as well get wasted Two eight balls in a bottle of Jack just told me that I'm way off track I just came home but I'm going right back So I might as well get wasted Find something to 
price we paid turned to nothing And the hopes and dreams we've had become untrue I made a promise I'd never lead you to trouble Then I took your hand and ran without a clue We'll be back by springtime, I'd say summer ladies I know you hate it, but gotta fuel that fire while there's flame And if it seems your hope is faded
Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with MyPillow. Mike Lindell supports America, and we support Mike, but sadly, him and his company have been victimized by this cancel culture. But that's not going to stop Mike from making sure you get the best sleep possible, and now is the time to take advantage of those savings. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section, click on the MyPillow banner, and start your online shopping. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to 66% off your purchase. And if you act right now, you can get our standard MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98. These pillows are made right here in the USA and are washable. So again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section. Click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. But remember to use that promo code OUTLAW to take advantage of those savings. Or you can place your order by calling 1-800-652-3982. X-Point at night. Real country dark. You look up at the sky and see everything you've been missing living in the city. You had no idea there were so many stars. No city lights. No traffic noise. You can actually hear your thoughts because you can actually think without distraction. When morning comes, the light breaks over a surreal nine square miles of unobstructed vista. And you think to yourself, this is a good place. It's quiet, it's safe, and it's beautiful. 600 steel-reinforced concrete bunkers sit on X-Point. They're 80 feet long, 26 Six feet wide and have 12 and a half foot high ceilings. The price is $45,000, which is very cheap for what you get and where you get it. In times of natural or national emergency, this is the place you want to be. It's a community, not a commune, and the people there are like-minded. Send an email to Brendy at ArcMidnight.com and let us connect you with X Point. X marks your spot. That's the point. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jiggs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Embers in with Dirty, Dirty Little Lies. Before that, Shane Smith and the Saints with Oklahoma City. Before that, 3D in your face with loud. Before that, new breed Jesse Howard with two eight balls. And starting off the whole set, Nikki Breyer with I Know Where I'm Going. And I want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, if you go into the grocery store, you can see some of the shelves clearing out. You can see the prices going up on meat, eggs, milk, shit like that. So... When the shit really hits the fan, make sure you're prepared. You can visit the Outlaw Radio store. Just go to outlawradioabs.com. Scroll on down to the My Patriot Supply banner. Get yourself some uh, some buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life and make sure you are prepared. Don't get left in the dark. All right. So, Unfortunately, Stephen James could not make it for the Steve Solution. In fact, uh, he'll probably be out next week due to some health concerns. But that's why we got the Outlaw Radio bashing zone. You're a prick. I'd like to fucking suck out your eyeballs and skull fuck you. That's what I think, okay? What's the matter, Billy? I'm stupid because I'm a panty wearing sissy faggot. You shut your fucking mouth, you asshole! You don't scare me, tough guy. Well, come on! Asshole! 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 That's what you are, a fat asshole! You're a sick, entitled bitch who thinks the world owes you. This is the Outlaw Radio. Bashing Zone. I made your grandfather fuck your sister in the fucking asshole while he licked your mother's asshole while she was taking a shit on your father. That's what I did. And your grandmother licked it off his belly and baked it and basted it and then served it to the whole fucking family. Where's your big comeback now, huh, tough guy? And ladies and gentlemen, joining me for the Outlaw Radio Bashing Zone... I want to welcome to the first time to Outlaw Radio, Rob from the Rob and Slim Show. What's going on, brother? How's it going, Billy? It's great to be on, man. Finally to get to talk to you in person. Cool. Yeah. Well, not person, but uh, via phone. It's, it's awesome, man. And I got to have you on our show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I got uh, your show is quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Um, <laughs> I mean... Obviously, we we differ uh, very politically, but uh, yeah, this last hour definitely uh, keeping it political free, unlike the previous two hours where I'd talk about some serious shit. But uh, talk, uh, crazy Joe, crazy fucking Joe, man. I want to know, like, who was the first person that had an interaction with him? Was it was it you? Was it Matt Connerton? Was it uh, oh, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Charles Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Was it, is it him? Or he, is he the first one that had contact with 
gravy, Joe. Yeah, that's a, I first heard him on uh, the Charles Richardson show, and uh, he was talking a little sense and actually sounding intelligent. And, uh, you know, I he sounded like somebody I wanted to talk to, so I reached out to him, and then, you know, after I couldn't help him while I'm at a barbecue with my family, uh, it's like things went downhill from there. And then when he returned to the Charles Richardson show, I heard all of it. I didn't... I learned what a racist, anti-Semitic, misogynist piece of shit he really is. Yeah, man. Yeah, because he, did, he didn't show any of that uh, when I first heard him. In fact, uh, when I uh, for, uh, gave him the invite, he was on Charles Richardson's show saying, Oh, I'm in a, I'll kiss his ass. It's an honor to be invited. And, well, once I heard that, uh, his return and now... <laughs> Yeah, he insulted Charles's wife so badly that uh, she she walked off the set. Charles even took uh, the archive down from Facebook. Good, good to take it down. Not that he did it, but yeah, when I when I've had it in the past, I've had a guest or two that was that bad, and they insulted uh, sponsors, friends of mine. I had one really going at Ryder Doll once for like no reason whatsoever, and. Uh, so I had Slim do his little character. He does this character called the Driz. And then as soon as we finished, I said, there was no reason for any of that and for you to attack her. And I'm not even posting your your interview on the full show or YouTube because you had nothing to offer. Uh, wow. Yeah. So so you definitely had, had a little bad history there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. And it's good that he didn't uh, didn't put that interview out there or, or that interaction. Because, yeah, no, that's just it's not even it's not even entertaining when somebody's that much of a, of a, of a jerk. You know, I when when all this happened, the, the whole thing was, too, is um, uh, when I heard uh, Crazy Joe return to the uh, <clears throat> to the Charles Richardson show, um, he could. You know, in a sense, he kind of didn't get a fair shot in a sense that uh, people were coming at him from all angles, you know. So I, yeah. I decided I challenged him to a b debate and I said, I'm going to keep it fair. It's just going to be between me and you. That's it. <clears throat> he wanted <clears throat> he wanted airtime really, really bad at the time, too. But uh, he kind of sensed that uh, I, I, he was he that was the smartest thing he did was uh, not except my challenge to debate because basically, you know, I was just going to hand him a, his own length of rope and let him hang himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of like part of me wants to invite him on my show. I know it'll be a screaming match and a, and a shit show, but I'm sure he wouldn't even, I'm sure he wouldn't even take the offer. Oh no. He'll, he'll puss out. He'll puss yeah. out. So he, he won't do it. Count on him not being there. Yeah. Yeah, and or he's too good. He's a star. <laughs> you know what really gets me, Rob? Is aside from all the racist bullshit and all this misogynistic bullshit that he comes out with, <laughs> I, that what he said to, said to you and <laughs> Okay, so I mean, there there's gay humor. I mean, I, I pulled a little gay humor in the past and all that. You know, I've said some, yeah. somebody was a faggot and all that. But uh, we do, we do some humor that that's yeah, gay gay humor. I mean, it could be it could be funny, but and it could be tasteful, but not the way crazy joke. Well, if you give me just a moment, I I, I want to play a clip from one of his videos. 
Hey, Slim, do you stick it up your partner's ass or does your partner stick it up your ass and does he grease it up, you know? Does he grease it up good? And how many inches does he put it up your ass? I heard the the uh, the human asshole, the physical asshole, uh, I heard by somebody in the prison that was doing a YouTube video talking about prison, he put up the seven inches there. So I wonder if your boyfriend can really cut the mustard. Do you think he's got, I mean, does he have more than seven inches to stick it up your ass? I'm kind of curious. Okay, so from listening to that, and I know you uh, you you also uh, brought this up on your show and played that same clip too. He's asking you who does who, and if you grease it up, and and how many inches can you take if you can cut the mustard? I mean, come on, this. <laughs> That's a full-on fantasy, man. That is details galore. Uh, I mean, either that or I'm thinking, as Clint Eastwood said in uh, Heartbreak Ridge, well, you sound like a man of experience. <laughs> yes. Maybe he writes erotica. Maybe Joe writes gay erotica on the side. Maybe that's where he gets it all from. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you sound like a man of experience right there. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I, <laughs> oh. So many levels. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, he watched the videos listening. He's probably, in in his mind, he's undressing you and Slim, probably me too, and he's masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he prepares for for a video, I feel like. He he jerks off to us, and then he he goes off. But uh, most of it's the fantasies that he had of us. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I really wasn't going to talk about Joe again, but, uh, after, after this last bit that he did, it's like, I've got to make fun of him. I've got Dude, to. that's it. Same here. I almost like didn't, uh, do anything on, on my last show, but I'm like, oh my God, there's just so much, so much. I, I gotta, gotta <laughs> do it. I mean, it's like he, he does some people don't realize how stupid they really are, and they think the rest of the society is as stupid as they are. You know, the people and people like Joe that I'm, are no exception to that. I mean, no. <laughs> My favorite too is that he said in one of the one of the clips or bits or videos, he was like, "I could curse, I could talk shit better than you can, dude." I, I hear twelve year olds walking down my block that sound like they're you they're saying the same type of shit it's it's nothing impressive like you're, you're doing nothing nothing and not only that too I mean, those other videos hold on i got a fart you know i mean <laughs> I, I mean you how how childish can you fucking get yeah and it doesn't even uh. sound real I mean, I've stated it before, you know, I'm, I sit in my, my chair, I'm running a broadcast, and I fart all the time, and I don't announce I it. it. Yeah. I even did it into the mic once. I didn't say I had to, but I did it just to be silly. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, it's nothing I do regularly. <laughs> I mean, you got to fart. Just fart. No, not everybody needs to know, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> he had to set it up, too. He's like, hold on, I need, I need to fart. <laughs> I mean, oh, what a material! I, I, I just wonder what's on the B roll. 
Well, I mean, I've called chat lines in the past as I, you know, I've talked about on uh, Matt Connerton's show, you know, because I know about the swatting and the caller ID spoofing and all that. And I've gone rounds verbally with with people. And I am telling, I mean, Joe thinks that he's the best I've gone up against. (laughs) He really does. He really, he's got a God complex for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, this. Yeah, he's got this god complex. He's gonna be a big star yet. <laughs> he keeps saying that he's that he's the crazy Joe show will be on the air very very soon. Dude, I found a, a commercial for that from like six years ago on YouTube. My buddy, um, my buddy Sam from uh, Reckless Airways Radio. He. He had it come up as a recommended video the other night on YouTube. It was like a, a six-year-old commercial for the Crazy Joe Show. Yeah, I think I saw an old episode of the Crazy Joe Show, and it's it's like it's crap quality. The music sounds distorted. Yeah, and when he's behind the mic, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I think the one I saw, he had a fit and started just screaming and cursing. I, I don't know if that, I, I don't know, was it on the air or what, or was that the entire show of it? And then like a whole bunch of shit fell down off a shelf on top of him. It was just, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, I think Dirk put, yeah, Dirk put that up there. Uh, <laughs> but you, Okay, so if you go to his, the Crazy, the Crazy Joe Show Facebook page, and you, you see the latest thing he's doing to punish people. Just quit watching my video. Noise? What is that? He's putting the he's putting his phone or something next to a fan and blowing nose, no, blowing noise into it, and thinks he's punishing people. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna do it. This is gonna hurt. And I'll do it for an hour. It'll be like an hour of that. Like, what, what, what the fuck? No, I just hope it's like coming from a, a speaker and it, he has to listen to it too. That's all I hope. Now, the the one that I saw, there, there's one for two and a half hours. There's one for three hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Jesus Christ. I don't get this fucking guy. And of course, yeah, you, you, what's the first... Rob, what's the first thing you hear when you tune into one of his videos? What is the first thing you hear? Oh, the coughing or, or the... Oh, there's that too. But crazy Joe and I got a lot to say. I That's got something to say and I hate you guys. You're all a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> Every single time. Dirtbag, Richardson, Arrogant Media, Billy, <laughs> the faggot painter, Robin Slimebag. <laughs> and I, I think I got them all. I think I got them all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all. Uh-huh. I mean, he starts out with something so negative every time. The guy is fucking miserable. <laughs> he really is. It's got to take so much energy. That's probably why he's dying. It's <laughs> all of his energy just to be that hateful. I mean, you know, he says we're the ones that are jealous. Uh, and, you know, I, I may not have the most listeners in the world, but I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy with what I do. There's somebody right there. He doesn't have a show at all. And I think no. it's. No, we have shows that are structured that have, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, segments, 
uh, interviews, all that. He's got none of that. <laughs> He's got nothing. And he repeats himself. He doesn't uh, even edit. Like, he, he, he edits. He, he leaves in coughing. He, he just repeats himself over and over. Every video is basically the same thing. Yep. Oh, talk about a broken record. You see one video, you basically see it all. But I just really, the when he went off with the gay jokes, I just had to dissect that bullshit because, oh, my God. Then, he, then just the fact that he, he goes, starts saying he wants to smack our butt cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, as if he, he ta- yeah, he's talking about, supposedly he's talking about corporal punishment, but uh, we know what JoJo wants. <laughs> and it's not going to feel good, he said. And it's not, put one across your cheeks and it's not going to feel good. Joe, uh, you sound like you're gay. I, you seriously do. I I know it, you're probably listening, and it's you're tearing what's left of your hair out. But the, oh. I think if you first off, if you come out of the closet, I think you're going to feel yeah. much much better. Yeah, you'll be happier. You'll be you'll be doing much better, Joe. <laughs> you need to come out of it. <laughs> I mean, and seriously, so oh, I mean, there somebody can come up with a massive gay jokes, but uh, somebody who says the material that you do is definitely a closet homosexual. I think, uh, Billy, I just think I figured it out from from just talking. I think that's where he broadcasts from, the closet. <laughs> He's got that little draped up, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, yeah. little, that little uh, blanket over the door. That's, he's in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, gar- that garbage equipment he's got back there. I mean, actually... Uh, Hey, Joe, you might be able to take some of that to an antique shop and maybe get about $25 if you're lucky for that crap. <laughs> or a pawn shop. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, as, yeah some, of the, some of that stuff, like the CB radio and all that, that's that's all antiques. I, I don't know exactly how much they're worth, but but nobody uses that shit anymore. Unless in extreme emergencies, you know, like, like I've got, I've got, uh, two, uh, walkie talkies, you know, that, uh, I have, um, uh, for when I, when I go out to the mountains, when I have no, uh, cell phone reception, but that's, that's about it. That's all they're good for. You know, nobody really uses material like that anymore, but, uh, yeah. he talk the way he talks about, <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's some of the greatest stuff he has and. Now, it's to my understanding, too, Rob, that he uh, he does have some decent equipment that he has no education on it using. Uh, I think I heard Charles say something about that. <laughs> That's probably true. Just from the, what the interaction I heard, the, you said he had, I mean, he had a uh, software program, but he had no idea how to use it. And he was bugging you to, to either teach him or, or <laughs> tell him how to use it. Or whatever. Oh, no. Like, come on. Actually, it was uh, what he asked me for was something that I actually uh, wouldn't have been able to help him with because uh, his websites run on WordPress, and uh, I don't I don't know anything about that software. I've, not that I can't learn, unlike him, you know. Yeah, that's it. Just you, sometimes you just have to learn. You just have to like Google. You you figure it out. Like I, I don't get that. <laughs> God, I don't know how many times I've turned to YouTube for. Uh, 
step-by-step educational videos and things like that. But you know, everything you can find out how to like do anything on your car from YouTube. Like it's it's got it all. But we're talking about Joe here, who has the IQ. (laughs) He's got he's got less of IQ than a fucking turd. (laughs) He really does. Really, uh, he's like if a turd had yeah, it became sentient. <laughs> That's a, what he is. He's just a real, just a, a human piece of shit. <laughs> you know, and he even said it in one of his videos too that he he has he doesn't really have an education, and and then t- and tells me that a high <laughs> a high school diploma ain't shit. Oh. <laughs> uh. I, he said he didn't. He said he didn't graduate college. I don't think he graduated high school. Uh, yeah, he. I didn't graduate college, but I I did go for a couple of semesters. Yeah, and then uh, Same. yeah, and then I went to uh, American Broadcasting School, and I did complete that course. So I definitely, with with that said, I know a hell of a lot more about broadcasting than he does. <laughs> and that was an online uh. course. That's cool. That's cool. Slim only had like high school AV. He's just like a real wizard with like all that kind of stuff. He does all that kind of stuff, man. And he, our setup on the show, he just basically like uh, figured out and did on his own. Like we've had people come to us like to ask what we use and what we broadcast on and all that kind of stuff. I always tell him he should put out like a YouTube video. <laughs> or a tutorial with all that stuff because he's a genius with that crap. Kind of looks like that computer nerd to me. <laughs> <All in laughs> he really you. is. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for him because I don't know. I'm. I could use. I could use like uh, recording programs. That's about it. And I could do all shit on my phone or whatever. But yeah, he, that nerd. He does all all the other stuff. Hey, by the way, his Driz character is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up. One, one day I was having a cigarette outside of my job, and these old people walked by, this husband and wife, and it, it just started raining. And one of them said, Oh, I guess it started drizzling. And I just looked at her and I said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even help it. <laughs> Like where the uh, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> she gave me like this. She was startled. Her and her husband both like looked at me like, "Get the fuck away from us!" <laughs> <laughs> but you got yeah, crazy. Do- and oh, that's just laughable about his YouTube videos too. How he runs out of space on his phone, dude. That is. And but what's up with like? And where is he pointing the phone? That they're all black. Like I don't understand the. Oh, we're not the darkness. We're not worthy to see his face. Yeah. He probably looks like shit from the the cancer or whatever the hell he's got going on. The COVID. Cancer COVID. I don't know what he's got. Oh, right. After, he looked like shit in the last videos that he that he had his face on. Um that uh after that show with Charles Richardson, he went to Twitter and he was shortly banned from Twitter after that. I was gonna say I've never seen him on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, he, <laughs> he got banned shortly after that. And part of the video, and you, um, I think uh, either Christian Lacrosse or somebody captured a moment of that video where he takes off his shirt and asks people, "Hey, you want to see my titties?" Oh my god! I'm like, who the fuck wants to see that? And also, the fact that he always he talks, and I said to Slim last week, it would be hilarious if you 
and I don't know where Dirk is, but if you guys flew out here, uh, Matt, Charles, and we all met him together, and we all beat the shit out of him together. He talks like he's so tough, but he's got nothing. He's got no body mass at all. <laughs> he's not intimidating See, whatsoever. We don't even have to beat the shit out of him. We can just be there. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you that motherfucker's going to need depends. <laughs> he would wear himself out and then shit himself. Seriously. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my! I mean, that's a tough guy. Now he 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 really has proven to be a pathetic excuse for of a human being. He really has. <laughs> oh, through and through, hundred percent, just total piece of shit. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the way he insulted, it, it was it was pretty bad, too, because uh, the way he insulted Charles's wife, and then uh, and then uh, about a week later, he's back on the show, and uh, Charles, Charles's wife is, is right there, and he said, you got something to say to her? He's like, no. And, and of course, Charles hung up on him, and then he takes to, he takes to YouTube and Calls her a cunt and all kinds of all kinds of nice names that uh, one a, ma- a real man would call a woman, and says he would mm. he'd never apologize to her. All she did was say, "I don't want to hear this anymore." That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's nothing to go from that to that over. Like I, I don't get it. I, I also laughed when I heard the clip of him telling Matt that Jenny was going to take him for everything he was worth and. All. I don't even get that. I've known Matt for for a long, long time, and I've always known him to be with Jenny. I I don't know, like, when that transpired that he thought Jenny was out to take everything that Matt owned or something like that. It was insane. Well, uh, the guy guy has issues, you know. I mean, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe his mama took advantage of him. I don't know, you know. Yeah. And the, the way I, mean, I guarantee you, though, he probably has never been laid. Like, there's no way that he's ever been, ever been with a woman, unless it was for money, maybe. Um, no, I kind I kind of doubt that too, because I think uh, rubber dolls would jump in the knife drawer just to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way he's definitely he's definitely a 64 year old virgin. Yeah, the, I don't know, but uh, the way he talks about uh, butt fucking and all this, he's he he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. He's he's just the other. He's the woman. <laughs> he definitely definitely reminds me of a prison bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I was wondering, you know, has he done time? And and, and um, is this? I mean, did, did, was he the property of some big black guy, and this is this is why he's such a racist because he had to he had to experience that. I'm, I'm, I'm gotta be. I'm sorry, JoJo, but uh, not all black people are like that. <laughs> I mean, pr- oh. prison is a yeah. is a bad place for bad people, and you were probably in the com- in the company of a very bad man. Don't let that. I, I was thinking too. Yeah. Uh, of his recent video, sorry, Billy, but the, the recent video he did, the one I, I sang earlier um, about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he starts talking shit about rappers and, and all that, and and uh, he acts like white musicians have never done any crimes. I'm like, dude, like, 
they're just as bad. Like, they do drugs. They, they've done all sorts of fucking shit. And, yeah, no, it doesn't mean you don't like their music, but it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, I hate to say it. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, but we are out of time. Um, ah. Real quick, though, uh, since you're here, why don't you give a plug for the Rob and Slim show? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Billy. It's been a blast. I can't believe it went that fast. Uh, yeah. Rob and Slim show, we're on, oh, my God, we do like two Wednesdays a month. And it's, it's we're on two Wednesdays and we're off two Wednesdays. But we also upload uh, weekly to iTunes and uh, Podbean and all that stuff. Just give us a search. Uh, Rob and Slim show on, on Google. Search us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, etc. Mm. Yes, yes. So what's on tap for next week is yet to be determined, but I will, uh, I'll get something figured out as I always do. I'm going to end the show with Texas Hippie Coalition and their song Moonshine. Rob, once again, thank you very much for joining. It was a great pleasure talking to you. So, Likewise, brother. Thank you, yes. Billy. And I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden Nutritional Support System, Dr. Tung's Ionic Toothbrush, the High Ion Bio-Key Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, and EMF Mitigating Fabrics and Clothing. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's my pillow pillows and other products click on the my pillow banner in the outlaw radio store use promo code outlaw and save up to 66 percent are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency visit my patriot supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25 year shelf life in the cranked up coffee shop a service of cranked up live entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link a service of outlaw radio and AO W Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Hi, it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 210-599-5555. 
2-0-1-6. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Here I am sitting on a porch writing another song about Waylon Willie David Allen Cole. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. Jones. Can't go 